Hands to the Face, discussing sports, entertainment, and pop culture, from the newsworthy to the cringeworthy. Here's your host, Stephanie Powell. Okay, welcome back, Hands to the Face, March... Was it 19th? I don't even know. March 19th, 2018. Two two days after St. Paddy's Day. I think we survived. We did. And apparently somewhere in Chicago they turned the rivers green or something like something that. Did like you see that? that? <laughs> I was like, whatever. I don't, I don't follow St. Patrick's <clears throat> Day. I wore my Larry Bird jersey to the gym and that was enough. And we all had green on. We, not a lot of people had green on. I was shocked. I was a little disappointed. I'm, yeah. Our kids were definitely like, how come nobody else is wearing green? Poopers. Right. They're party poopers. Anyway. So March Madness, we've got more free agency stuff. Um, we went Instagram live last week, so we didn't do a podcast, but we talked a little bit there. And then I also want to talk about that Aaron Hernandez documentary that we saw. Um, yeah, just finished last night. Just finished last night, so we watched a couple days of it. So I think maybe we'll go to that last. Um, Sweet 16, I honestly don't have much to say. It's just, I don't even get it. I I, I mean, I get it. I mean, this is a deal. It's, it's simple. To me, it's simple. You have smaller schools that have a lot of juniors and seniors and even fifth year seniors, if that makes sense yeah. because of various reasons. So they've, they've built a team, they have camaraderie, they've developed skill sets and they all work together and they get it. Yeah. That is really hard for superior 18 year olds and 19 year olds that are there for the one and done mm-hmm. to beat. So you're getting a lot more, um, of a competitive nature in the tournament strictly because of that. Right. So, I mean, you have, you have you, you, Kentucky and Duke and yeah, just the list goes on and on and on that are the, the traditional one and done schools. Right. And those coaches and that staff do amazing at, from the point of receiving these rookie players, mm-hmm. these, you know, sometimes are as young as 17. Yeah. Right. 17 and 18 year olds and developing them into a national title contender within one season to doing that. Um, the times of like dynasties and things like that for college basketball are long, long gone unless mm-hmm. things change. But you get things um, like UMBC, the first <laughs> ever 16 seed to, to win. Yeah. They swung it and they swung it. Part of the reason they swung it is because they have a lot of seniors on their team. The second thing is they live and die by the three. Mm. I pulled their record up. They won several games by 30 and they lost they several lost games by 30 or 40 yeah. against not good teams. <laughs> yeah. They got destroyed. But yeah. Their field goal percentages were off. Mm-hmm. And then the only swing in that compared looking at all the stats is that Duke um, has consistently shot over 50% from the three-point line when contested. Okay, so contested yeah. shots. So you can get the young teams that, that do work and do gel and do these things. But as far as that um, individual skill set and team cohesiveness and all those things aren't really clicking yeah. with a lot of these colleges and it was Here's the result. Surprising to me how many. I think it was. Um, there was a fact on it was their Sports Center, ESPN, something like that. But this is the first time that a region has had all their number one seeds go down. Yeah. Before the Sweet Sixteen, which yeah. was like Virginia and um, all of those. Um, it is just I get it, and we've had this discussion before that um, everything changes when when it's you know the tournament, the Super Bowl, whatever. When the when the bright lights are on, you just never know what's going to happen. Exactly. In college, you're so emotional. They're emotional. They're so young. emotional. And you know, something else I heard is that even even players at the smaller schools, mm. all of these kids now, because the AAU is huge, 
And that's where they really recruit from. They don't really recruit from the high schools anymore. So the fear factor is gone. Mm. So it's not like I'm meeting person A who is the number one recruit for the first time. And they've got the number one, number five, and number eight guys recruits starting on their team. And ooh, that's scary. Now it's like, yeah, dude, we just beat them in AAU six months ago. Yeah. When we were playing or five months ago or, you know, whatever the the whole, you know, the time frame is. So now that fear factor is gone. So they're not intimidated anymore either. So they're coming in and they're like, screw it. I can beat them just like I can beat anybody. Who do you have picked to win it all? Well, let's go this way. Who do you have in the final four? I, you know, I, man. I don't know. I, I I tend to believe. Um, I think Duke is going to swing the whole thing. Yeah. It, if their three point stays alive, um, I think the scariest the, the two potentials for the Cinderella year I think are Texas Tech and Texas A&M. I mean, Tech's lighting it up. They're just on it. They're just hot. Okay, yeah. so it's hard to beat hot, and they just mm-hmm. they clicked and gelled, and they did it at the right time. And we've seen even in professional football. Teams get in on a tie break, but they're hot and they go giants. Yeah. You know, they did it twice. Mm. Um, Pittsburgh did it, and so on and so forth. But anyway, so in this one, Tech is hot right now. Texas A and M, they've got a couple monster players, and they were dealing with injuries throughout the year. So I think they're better than what they're ranked. If that kind of makes sense, they're a lot better than what their seed is and things like that. So I think that's the two potentials for the Cinderellas. Got it. Okay. Just real quick, I wanted to touch because we were talking about Duke that um, Coach K surpassed Pat Summit yes. for the winningest coach in college history. In college basketball history, do you yeah. Know, I was trying to pull up the number. It was. Do you know? Do you know how many games? Oh it was? man, I don't. And they said it a thousand times. No, but I don't know. A boatload. <laughs> a bo- That's the a yeah. boatload. And he's going to add a a few more. I've been watching. I mean, I've <clears throat> been watching him since I was in junior high, elementary. Yeah. I mean, I don't, re- it, it's hard. I mean, I do remember Duke basketball without him, but I don't really remember. It's hard. It, it's just like Coach K. I've heard Coach K. F- I don't even, I don't remember when he was hired there. Late 80s, maybe? I don't know. I just remember being in elementary school and my claim to fame was I knew how to spell his last name. Oh, I was just super excited <laughs> that I knew. It's one letter. How can you screw that up? No, 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 no. I was like, K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K. I mean, yeah. really? Yeah. That was my claim to fame i don't even know so anyways congratulations coach let's get to nfl we need to go there because there's so much going on oh man so it's much going fun on. it's fun this year's fun with all the changes all the trades all the shuffling and shifting and it's awesome but what i like about it is you just don't know what what's going to happen next season no because every team is brand new on every team but you know you see what I'm there's saying. so many changes it's such a fresh start that you Preseason doesn't tell you crap. So you're going to be five weeks <laughs> yeah. into the season. You're going to be like, I still don't have a clue who's going to be running away with this thing. Now, where did you predict Teron Matthew was going to go? Um, I, I had a couple in my brain. I think I said that that it's likely he would go to um, – I don't want to screw that up. Houston was one, <laughs> but I don't think I said Houston. Yeah. And now I went blank on, on who I had said. So. Yeah. So he did go to Houston. He did go to Houston, one-year deal. That That's scary to me because the Texans last year before Watson and Watt and everybody got hurt. Well, I was, what's what's happening with Watt? I don't. Do we know? I mean, so, I mean, I know I, he's on the path to return. He's not retired, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I you've have, heard anything. Is I he, have not heard anything. Okay. Um, you know, I 
do my best not to ask, you know, our people who are in the front office of the Texans, you know, what's yeah. going on. Cause yeah. I don't want them to feel like I'm trying to get news out of them, but yeah. um, I haven't heard anything. I mean, I assume he's back. I assume he's doing fine. I, I don't know. I, if he is healthy and, and, and the honey badger, honey badger. <laughs> keeps his head on straight. Mm. That's really his only downfall is if he can't keep his head on straight, which is a lot of DBs in the league. If you look at that, yeah. you know, it's an emotional position. It's probably one of the most stressful positions you could possibly ever play mm. on, on the field. But if he can keep his brain in check and they stay healthy, they're, they're going to the Super Bowl. You th- you're if they're healthy, they're going to the Super Bowl period I, with again, take, it's a similar thing as what we've been talking about with San Francisco. Mm. Right. And, and uh, Garoppolo, mm. he came in with a limited playbook, no, no time, no anything. And he lit it up and mm-hmm. people had no answer for that. Right. Yeah. Same thing happened in Houston last year. He came in, he had sort of an off season. It's weird with OTA. You know, I mean, you don't get a lot of time, right? Yeah. He had a couple of preseason games kind of gets it dumped on his lap and lights it up for half a season. I mean, I'm excited about Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying I'm not. So, I mean, yeah, he, again, health is a huge thing, is a huge thing. I mean, now he's had both knees, right? One in college and one now. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge question mark. He could be fine for 20 years, but whatever, you know, we don't know. Assuming health and assuming Honey Badger keeps his head on straight and assuming J.J. Watt is healthy, right? So all of yeah. this is based on health. Health. They're done. Nobody's going to beat him. I'll say playoffs. I won't say Super Bowl. Oof. Okay. <laughs> but the Pats, you know, we've talked about um, seeing a lot of action going out, not a lot going in. Another one going out is um, the special teams. I'm going to say this wrong. Uh, Batamosi? Bata- yeah. Special teams. Yeah. He's, he's out. Yeah. Um, to the Texans. Two years, $6.25 million, which makes him the highest paid yeah. special teams player. What happened with uh, Slater? Do we know yet? He, he visited with the Steelers. That's all I know. Okay. I don't I haven't heard anything yet. Um, but that was, and the, the, those guys are big, uh, you know, special teams guys, especially the Patriots, they're, they're, they have a lot of impact. You know, the Pats, you know, strive on the, uh, on their special teams mm-hmm. and what they do on special teams. And they win a lot of games due to special teams. Yeah. So these guys are huge from an emotional standpoint, from a skill and money standpoint, they've been there too long. Again, Patriots are about business. Yeah. If you get somebody that's a rating of a 87, as opposed to an 89, and you save $2 million a year, they're going to save $2 million a year mm-hmm. and hopefully develop them up. What do you think about the uh, McCourty? That's fun. It's fun to I see. I mean, it helps. McCourty is not a replacement for Amendola. No. Right? Okay, he's a, just a different kind of player. But he's still streaky. He's still quick. He's got amazing hands. And he's going to be there with his brother. So you know they're going to be playing up because that's just it's just cool and it's unique. What right? is your uh, opinion on the acquisition of Jeremy Hill? They got a steal. Would yeah. they get him a million and a half? Or they got a million what? and a half, and the only guarantee is the $150,000 signing bonus. Right. And if he makes the roster, he'll make his base pay, which is $1 million, and he can make an additional 300000 in roster bonuses and 50000 for a workout bonus. So I'm they like, really that's have... basically what, what that is, and I like that because mm-hmm. they're giving him a chance. Mm-hmm. They're saying if you make it and if you hit it and you hit all these marks, you can make a ton. But there's question marks, and we've got a full roster, and so you've got to make it, and yada, yada, yada. And that sets them up. So... He's going to get his league minimum, which he may not have gotten, right, anyway. It gives him a chance. And if he performs really well and he still doesn't make the roster, it increases his trade. Mm. Right? So that really helps him and the Patriots long term. So, right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a the steal, Patriots man. are just, it's, 
They're smart. They're the they're such good business people. They picked up two really good offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So one out, two in. Like we said in a, in our Instagram live, they I just don't think that anyone does it better. They know how to draft well. They know how to mm-hmm. develop. They know how to find hidden talent. So it's like okay, although we may be losing you and you, we're gonna pick up three or four different you know other people that we can develop that you know keep us under yeah. the cap. Yeah. It keeps them under the cap, well under the cap, mm. right? They can take care of the players they need to take care of. It's just, it's from a business perspective, they've they've got it down. And then this year is really going to be a telltale sign because they've had some pretty big, pretty big changes, yeah. so to speak, some big roster changes, coaches changes, and things. So, coaching changes. Yeah, Tommy's going to be forty-one. Tom's. Oh, let's not go there. Um, speaking speaking of coaches going out, so my beloved Matt Patricia, obviously in Detroit. Yes. He picked up another expat, yeah. Legarrette Blunt, one year, two million dollars. They're looking at um, Frank Gore. Yeah. He visited, so that's interesting. Uh, and, and they're doing that, like we said before, as far as running backs and the value of them is. The way they're doing it now in the NFL, not in college, but in the NFL, is um, that running back by committee, mm. and it's showing to be successful. You have rested guys; they can put more into it. They're not banged up as much. They don't get injured as much. It just it just goes around and around and around. Yes, they get wind up getting paid a little bit less, and which kind of stinks for them, you know. But still getting paid. I mean, mm-hmm. two million a year to. He's not at the height of his career by any means. Right. But, you know, so, yeah, if, if they pick him and Gore, if they got him, but if they pick up Gore, too, I, I think they need a little bit of receiver help. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? But they're going to be a pretty well-rounded team. What? Did, oh, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. What did you think about the Jordy Nelson? Smart. I mean, you, you know. You, How do you think he'll fit in Oakland, though? Um, And maybe that's hard to say because Gruden's. Yeah, he's kind of a Gruden kind of guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like he, he really he plays rough. He doesn't play dirty by any mm. means, but he plays hard. He'll play banged up. He does what he's got to do yeah. for the team, so to speak. You know, does that make sense? I mean, he's just he's he's got the, a similar parallel mindset as Gruden. So he's going to be a Gruden player, and he's a veteran. So I, I don't see how that's going to hurt in any way. He'll be productive. He's got another year or two of being really productive. Again, Barney. If he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three other ones I want a quick quick opinion on. Woodhead, Sue, and Crabtree. Woodhead retires. Yeah. Do you think that was yeah, the smart. timing appropriate? Yeah, I, I I was a little surprised he didn't retire last year. You know, with all yeah. the tread trauma and stuff like that that he was talking about and going yeah. back and forth. So awesome player, good guy, the whole thing. I mean, I just hope he's healthy. Yeah. That makes sense. I hope the CTE and all that kind of stuff doesn't screw his life up. Crabtree is a mental case. <laughs> you know, I mean, he is. He's just, he's a problem. The Ravens are picking him up for three years. Yeah. I. He's going to, he'll he'll put some stats up. He's yeah. going to make a few great plays, but he's going to stir shit up, which I, I, just, I just don't like. I don't enjoy that. Three years, yeah. 21. Did I write that right? 21 million? 15 million in the first two years and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah it was somewhere around that. I don't remember the numbers exactly because I've seen so many numbers the last few days. But yeah. That's a, yeah, okay. I know. Anyways, yeah. um, the big news this morning was the Jets giving away the farm, basically, Holy to crap. the Colts. I mean, I thought I heard it. <laughs> I thought I heard it wrong when I first heard it. So they gave away the number six pick, yes. um, two second rounders, and then a second rounder in the 2019 draft for a number three pick. They move well, and don't just say for a number three pick because they were the number six already. So they moved up, right? So they they 
went from six to three. So that shows, I mean, how desperate they are to get, I would assume, a quarterback. That's all the assumptions. Well, the GM had attended Pro Day for um, Mayfield and Rosen. Yeah. And then he was planning on going to see um, Allen and Darnold as well at their Pro Days because those have not occurred yet. So all signs point to that. They want a quarterback. They want a quarterback. So this is the, okay. So I posted on your thing, you know, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I think they sealed their doom. I think they've positioned themselves that they are going to be a massive failure for the next three to four years because of this. Because they gave away so much. Yeah. I think they were on the cusp of being a good team. Yeah. Because you got to think, they had the number six. Mm-hmm. And they had two second rounders this year. Yes. Okay. So their biggest quarterback production, they weren't that bad with the quarterback production. Mm-hmm. They were, I think, 14 or 17th in the league. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. You can deal with that. They were the fourth, they had the fourth fewest plays run from mm-hmm. scrimmage of all teams. Okay. And that then there were some ties and stuff. So you could say that. So right, they're 28th in the league and number of plays run. But they had the most sacks per capita when you factor that in. Yeah. They were like number six or seven in sacks allowed overall. But when you say you're the least, you know, when you factor in the number of plays that you actually ran, they allowed the most sacks per play, so mm-hmm. to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when you do that, that says, okay, you have a couple of problems. Your quarterback's yeah. not making reads and holding on to it too long, which isn't <laughs> the case because when you look at all the times of the sacks, it wasn't like he was scrambling and all this other kind of stuff. It's offensive, offensive line. line. <laughs> they seriously of need the help. five, they need they need three. Yeah. They, they need four, but they really need three. Okay, what'd you just do? Yeah, you traded all that away to get a quarterback. I don't give a shit if you get the best quarterback in the history of all time. That's got an exoskeleton and, and it can't be hurt. I would rather. You're not I would doing rather it. try to get a deal for Nick Foles <laughs> than trade away the farm right. for. Darnold, Allen, Rosen, or Mayfield. And this is, you know, and, and listen to a couple of shows and reading some articles about it is that several of the guys were like, if you know exactly who you're going for and moving to three gets you there, mm-hmm. then okay, it's cool. You're getting your guy. Right. Well, here's the deal. All offseason, the whole thing, the Jets were all Allen, 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 Allen. Okay, so what did the Giants do the second the Jets moved up to three? We won him. So now he's Allen's projected to go number two, which means likely the Jets are not getting the guy they wanted. Right. <laughs> Unless they work something out with the Jets, which means the they're Giants. giving, I mean, with the Giants, yeah. which means they're giving you more away. The hell is, I'm like, I, like I said, I don't care if you put the freaking incredible Hulk as your quarterback in the backfield. You're going to get destroyed if you don't have an offensive line. They're done. They're done. Okay. So yeah. the the conversation now is that. Um, one, two, and three are most likely going to be quarterbacks that go, yeah. right? So yeah. Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and maybe Mayfield, depending on um, what these teams need. I just yes. don't – I'm not excited, overly excited about any of them. I'm not. I no. mean, you've said – you. Li- I mean, you like Darnold physically. Yeah, I like Darnold. He's got some things to work on, but who doesn't come in? I mean, yeah. seriously, right? He's he's good. Um, so you're saying the Jets wanted Allen. That was their guy. They, they wanted Allen out of, out of Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, and – that was the whole thing going up to it. And as soon as they got that trade, the Giants were like, hey. That's phenomenal. That's I just, business. hilarious. I lo- I, hey. And, you know, the New York rivalry, right? But if that's a deal. I'm just like, man, you know. Now, a lot of a lot of the specialists are saying Mayfield is the best quarterback in the draft. 
I mean, if his head is on straight, yeah, he's got that potential. But I hate drafting on potential. I hate drafting on potential, and I also feel like most quarterbacks that come out of the draft with a big head mm-hmm. don't fare very well when they get into the league. Right. Right. Look at some of the greats and how humble they were coming out of the draft. No, Brady was a six round draft pick. <laughs> and that's so an anomaly. I mean, I know we anomaly. always use it, you know, if we always use that kind of stuff and, yeah. and, and what we talk about. But the reality is, is that's that is so far from normal. You can't. Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah. I love me v- some Peyton. Very few first pick quarterbacks in the draft. I'm just going to say number one. Very few of the number one quarterback picked ever turn out, ever pan out to be the great that they're supposed to be. That's freaking amazing. I know. That's such an interesting stat. So I want to close on this Aaron Hernandez thing that we saw over the weekend. If you guys didn't see it, it was on Oxygen Network. It's Aaron mm-hmm. Hernandez Uncovered. And they have, it's a documentary, and the people that they speak to are everyone from um, Aaron Hernandez's fiance. They speak to his uh, defense attorney on the double murder trial. Mm-hmm. They speak to um, some of the detectives, some of the local Boston reporters who have been embedded in, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and a couple other attorneys, a that couple of attorneys related. And, yeah. yeah. And it kind of laid out the timeline in because, I mean, this was years ago. The, yeah. the murder was committed in 2013. The trial was 2015, I believe. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then was it just last year? When did he commit suicide? Last year. It was last um, year. April, May of last year. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then I watched a few other videos. And what I found interesting is, again, I know media and production can make you feel any kind of way, right? I just remember being from Boston, watching it all unfold and, how I was, you know, ex- not excited, that's wrong. Um, when he was convicted, I, I felt good, right? Yeah. And what, you know, in dealing in some legal stuff, now looking back and seeing what some of the defense team had to say, I'm very conflicted about him being guilty on murder one. Yes. And, and go working backwards, um, spoilers for people. Okay, because there's no way to really talk about this without spoiling some of it. We know now that the level of his CTE was immeasurably high. It was ridiculous, if that makes sense. CTE doesn't allow you to commit murder and get off on it, right? And we're not saying that. But that was a factor that wasn't in the trial. Right. Because a lot of, and and you got to remember, when they did all that stuff, we don't really have a way to to, um, assess CTE while the person's alive. Right. Okay, so again, understanding those things were, were there. Our discussions really, because we talked about this a lot, was unequivocally four people went in, three people went out. Of those three people, somebody killed him. Absolutely. We don't know. We don't know who. Yeah. Murder weapon was never found. All circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. They stuck the murder on him. Mm-hmm. No one ever said, even Not of the other person. two, nobody ever said he did it. Well, I think after the fact, let's 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 cover our tracks here. After the fact, this is after Aaron's trial. Yeah. Um, in an agree in a plea deal or something of that nature, Ortiz did say he made some sort of statement that, um, you know, four of us were there, only two got out of the car, which was Aaron and Odin Lloyd, mm-hmm. and only Aaron came back. Right. So those were his words. Right. In a plea deal. And. In- it's hard. I, I don't care what anybody says. It's really hard for me to accept s- sworn testimony from 
an already criminal mm -hmm. that's already going down for murder too unequivocally yeah. he's already got murder too and then he's going to offer up something on a trial that already that is already happened. done because of the I mean that's so I mean come on here's my thing is um when I was listening to the defense and you know first I was very um what's the word skeptical about it mm -hmm. because here's the defense attorney and the girlfriend the fiance and i you know did my own research and they had written a book right so i'm like oh right. they're just promoting this book and blah 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 and of course it's a defense attorney he's gonna say he was innocent he's gonna say all kinds of bull crap right um but you have to remember law is not emotional right, right. so when the jurors i heard after the fact were saying you know the reasons that they gave for pinning murder one on him right. just weren't right for me. And when they made a statement such as, you know, we we really hope something like we really hope that Odin Lloyd's family got the closure they needed. Right. Okay. But the, so then you, you can't say so when again, when you pin murder one on somebody, you have to be able to say it was premeditated and he absolutely committed the act. Yes. Right. He was the gunman. So as the defense attorney easily put it, which is true. Four went in, three came out. How can you tell me unequivocally Aaron Hernandez was the shooter you when you, there was no murder weapon? Now, yeah. everything is suspect. I mean, what I loved about it is that because of all the cell towers and the video surveillance, the timeline was there. Yeah, it's on one of those three killed him. One of those three killed him, absolutely. Right. I'm not saying I feel bad for Aaron Hernandez. I'm mm -hmm. crying for him um, because... He witnessed it. If he did not do it, he witnessed it. Right. He he was the one who texted everybody. He was the one that told his girlfriend to get rid of the box or whatever that was behind the TV. Suspect. You know, all kinds of things. It's all yeah. suspect. It's, it, it, so again, I'm not saying that. What, but what I'm saying is for for the law, I, I don't think he should have gotten murder one. No, he shouldn't. He, some attorneys will always... He, there's always an argument no matter what you do in law as we've learned, right? Yeah. So you cannot in any way say he pulled the trigger because they were trying to say you know um you've been around many weapons in your lifetime yeah. right so from the video the video surveillance footage of his house he is seen holding what looks like a glock yes odin lloyd was killed with a glock right and he's holding it and um basically covering the um the sh not the shaft what's it yeah. called just yeah okay just yeah somewhere. um so you can see the handle and i remember showing it to you and you were like that's that's what they're saying. That's the evidence, even if it was right. right and it was never found. Right. Um, How long did it take me to show you two weapons that were not Glock that, that looked, looked like, like that? Well, less than a minute. OK. And yeah. I think during the trial, they did have some people come on and they were like, can you tell can you tell me that is unequivocally a Glock? And they were like, no, yeah. I don't think I don't think I can. But regardless, let's pretend I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. All three of them were there. Somebody did it. Um, you can see very clearly they come into the house. Mm -hmm. um, he takes a quick, he goes in and he kind of takes a left to go downstairs into the basement, comes back up. Um, but just because he's holding it, who's to say, again, you cannot tell right. me that he's the one who shot it. And that that is the weapon and that he shot it. And one of the things that I told you last night, I think it was last night, um, just because he's holding the gun doesn't mean he did it. Right. And because he has... He just signed the $40 million contract. Mm -hmm. He's got all the status. He's got the fame. He's got all these things. He's there. Let's pretend one of the other guys shot him, mm -hmm. right? Was was that the weapon that shot him? Or did Lloyd have a weapon? That was, was it potentially? Because remember, two shots were in his back, right. and then the other four were in his front. Right. So it had, if, if you think about it, uh, the forensic, you know, he, right. he was 
walking away and then somehow turned because he, he, right. he was found on his back. He's found on his back. So it, it's a situation. And I don't know. This is, I don't. There's things we don't know, right? Mm. So you have to speculate. And this is part of why he couldn't be put down murder one. So there's an altercation. There's all these things, whatever. There's two casings in the car. The other four casings are outside the car. What's to say Lloyd wasn't heated, got out, and pulled a weapon? Mm. Pulled his firearm mm-hmm. to shoot, just got shot first. Maybe he fumbled with it. Maybe the, we, there's a million reasons because we know mm-hmm. they were high. Yeah. So we're pretty positive they were high. They yeah. admitted to it, yeah. so we can I say mean, they, they were found, high. They found um, uh, a half blunt smoked blunt and uh, you with know, with yeah. DNA. Right. There. So they were high, some fumbling around, some shit happened. We don't know if they're drunk or not, but still put all that stuff together. Maybe Lloyd was reaching for a gun. They were yelling. He's like, I'm going to shoot your ass. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this. And then he got shot first. Hernandez is like, crap, get in the car, grab his gun, grab this, get that shit off of him. I'll take care of it. Look, I got it. I got all the money. I'll get the attorneys. We're going to, we're going to fix this. Get to my house. Just get out of here. Get to my house. It's an interesting theory. It's, it's very plausible. Well, you have, cause you, you, there, you have nothing saying why, okay, why was he shot in the back twice before he was shot four times in the front? No motive. Right. There is no, well, and I don't, again, I don't remember all the facts and I don't remember if there was something going on with Wallace and, um, Odin Lloyd with drugs or what have you, but why, and again, this was the jurors thing. Yeah. They just raised enough question to be like, well, why would he get them all together? Why would he be the one to go pick them up? Why did he, um, bring them out to this industrial park a half a mile from his house? Well, in in reality is, is if you're going to murder one premeditated, if you're, in a premeditated fashion going to murder somebody. Why do you need your other two guys? There wasn't a struggle. No, but I wouldn't even like plan this. Why, why are you going to go involve other people just to involve like that doesn't make sense because if he's really going to take, take care of Lloyd, he's going to kick. I mean, his fiance's sister and them they're dating. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got infinite opportunity to get this guy alone. Yeah. And it wouldn't be awkward and it wouldn't be weird. Yeah, I mean, same. Yeah, I'm saying I mean, like enough, there's enough so many are, Excuse me. Yeah. Enough questions are raised from the defense that um, there was just a lot of holes, and then you know he did get off. That that was the other thing that I found so interesting. He um, then he was up for the double murder trial. Yeah. Which the first um, set of jurors had no idea about right. because they didn't want to taint the whole thing. Right. Um, double mm. murder trial. New attorney. Um, they had a star witness, who was yeah. the guy who supposedly Aaron shot in the face. Right. From in Florida, right? So he's the star witness. He was there. He places Aaron at the scene of the crime with a gun and says he did it. And he gets off. Yeah. So you go well, from they shredded his Right, but that's credibility. How, that's how interesting the legal system is yeah. to me. Is a, it is it has everything to do with the jurors, everything mm-hmm. to do with, you know, how the defense and the prosecution lay out the case and how how many holes you can put in the story and really this is the wrong way to put it playing the jury yeah right because this guy says gives great detail this is what happened this is where we were going he told me to do this i leaned my seat back blah 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 he reached over me um and even uh, jose baez the um, defense attorney was like this guy was good he was prepared he you know his story was straight blah 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 they raised enough question about his credibility just his credibility alone that he's a gangbanger and here's some text messages that he sent in the past. He's he's on the stand, very eloquent, very right. well spoken, but very coached, obviously. Yes. And that was the whole point is that it was, coached, it was coached and it didn't seem authentic. And then part of his testimony that the body came across, no, it was just his hand, no, this. And so there was all these things that weren't matching up. 
Yeah, and but that was that was to me that was flimsy. Okay, because if I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he reached across me and his body his, was out the window. His whole, he was clear, oh, he, he was, was clear. very his definitive. Body. His whole body was across me. That's why I had to move the seat down and ah, back. And, yeah. re- and you got to think, they're approaching a red light, mm-hmm. right? So even if you're going five miles an hour mm-hmm. and you're approaching the red light, you don't know how long the red light's going to be red. Mm-hmm. And he's going to just tap him and you're instantly going to be like. No, I mean, I feel like, like if even right now you're like, yo, 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 get back, get back, get back. I'll be like, oh, shoot. What, what, there's going to be a, right. It's, it's. If if that was the case and they knew what was going to happen and he was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. I, I still don't know that I could react that quickly. And you got to remember is that star witness, they mm-hmm. forced him to testify. Yes. Yes. He, for immunity. <clears throat> yeah. Or something, some deal. It, it basically, yeah, for immunity. Y- yes. Yeah. So again, star uh, witness. Yeah. The whole thing, somebody who says he was there gets off. Here, there's two other people that won't talk. One of the three of them committed murder, but he gets murder one pinned on him. Sorry, I, one of them needs to pay, needed to pay. Yeah, I just don't know that the legal system worked in the right way. Yeah, and, and granted, somebody could maybe pin murder one pinned on them. Mm-hmm. They all were definitely murder two. Yeah, unequivocal. I mean, all of them. You know, I mean, premeditated. I mean, one of those three guys killed him, and the other ones knew, and nobody did anything, and they were trying to help cover their butts, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> moral of the story: Yes. In no way are we saying that any of these guys are innocent. No. We're just saying that the legal system is crap <clears throat> in that regard. Because murder one, premeditated with intent. I mean, it, it was, he did it. Like I told you, remember I said, let's take three marbles, yeah, put them in a metal tin, shake the crap out of it, and you tell me which one made the loudest bang. There's no way to know. Can't. There's no way to know. So yeah. I, again, based on my recollection of the facts and the documentary. In my opinion, the it was the wrong decision. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So then the other thing that I found interesting, um, there was speculation, but it, ke- it kept getting shot down. Now you knew this. I didn't. I didn't even had never heard about it until the case, and then until last night when it was confirmed. So it was confirmed by one of the defense team of, of the double murder trial. So yeah. Aaron's attorney, <laughs> who was a gay man, mm-hmm. um, you know. Was either has been or was married, you know, to another man. Has been for like 30 years. For about 30 years. Um, And the reason I'm saying that it was in the story because uh, the prosecution was trying to use Aaron's sexuality against him. So anyways, the point is he confirmed that Aaron was in fact a quote gay man, bisexual, um, but a gay man. And he was very conflicted about it. They had many talks about it, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea. They had an ex-girlfriend from Florida mm-hmm. that said that she suspected that she saw text messages when she confronted him about it. He denied it. But um, then uh, I think during the trial, she started uh, yeah, sending sending him yeah. letters. And he confirmed in there that, yeah, you caught me kind of ha- not haha, but like kind of whatever you knew you caught me. Yeah. Um so you go from this guy who's had a lot of troubles. His dad died. He was um, molested as a child, um, never really dealt with it, um, whether or not he's involved in gangs or hard life or whatever. And yeah. he's bisexual. Yeah. Right. And so insane levels of CTE. Insane levels of CTE. So you put all of that together again, please. I am not excusing what he did or may have done or been involved in not. But um, I'm simply saying that. These are things I had no idea of, right? So then, because it never made sense to me that after the double double murder trial, when he was, you know, let mm-hmm. off, um, very happy, very excited, this new lease on life, they firmly believed him and his um, fiance that, okay, if we can get off on this one, we're going to appeal 
the first, the Odin Lloyd one. And they did appeal it. It was an open appeal. There was an open appeal in which in the state of Massachusetts, if the um, person who committed the, or was charged, convicted or whatever of the murder and there's an appeal, if they die, was it just, just die or commit suicide? Did it matter how they died? If they just die. If they just die, the (laughs) conviction is overturned. Yeah. It didn't exist. Yeah. So he knew that is, is what was being said. So he goes from double murder cleared this new lease on life. He spoke to his attorney that same day, mm-hmm. but this is where I, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. So there was a Boston reporter, yeah. right? I think for the globe, I'm not sure, um, is on a radio show, uh, a podcast a radio show. And she, we believe it was leaked from the prosecution because they were pissed that they that couldn't they use, yeah. use that information about him being bisexual. She makes a statement to these guys like, so why didn't you have the boyfriend on? Like, you know, he's gay, right? Yeah. Boom. She outed him. Yeah. She outed him. It's <clears throat> everywhere. And so that was like on a Monday. Yeah. It was Friday that he was acquitted. Monday that comes out, he hangs himself that night. Yeah. Right? So he had just spoken to his attorney earlier that day. And um, then he commits suicide. Yeah. He was fine. But he didn't know about the radio. <clears throat> he didn't know about the radio outing, the broadcast. So it was that. That was also the day the Patriots were at the White House. Mm-hmm. And then... um. There was something else. I forget. There was one other factor or whatever. They were like, oh, man. So, yeah, it was. <clears throat> and, you know, so the the reporter and the radio people felt zero remorse mm-hmm. in the sense of, okay, so we're the ones who outed him. If he wants to kill himself over that, I have no problem with it. That's, that's his deal. Let him rot in hell. That, that's like, pretty oh, rough for me. That's man. rough. I'm sorry. I, I, okay. <sighs> so... Uh, Again, like what I was saying before is so much of it didn't make sense to me. Things right. have to make sense in my brain. I have to know why, right? right? So after the acquittal and so happy, I'm like, what the, why did he commit suicide? I don't get it. But when you CTE and the whole thing and um, let's pretend that he gets, uh, the appeal goes through and mm-hmm. he, he's out. He's yeah. out. He's, well, he's out <laughs> literally um, as a gay man. Yeah. He's out of all his money. Yep. He's going to be millions of dollars in debt. Now his fiance, who did not know he was bisexual, knows he's bisexual. So he's got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you contend that probably like, hey, in that state, he's found out and it's kind of like he's locked in this, you know, seven feet, but like whatever, seven foot by seven foot box, however big it was. Um, so that's got to screw with yeah. you. And now the gay and the whole thing and da 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 and it just it it triggers right yeah and he's like you know what there's nothing left for me at least this way if I kill myself my daughter will be taken care of she'll be taken care of I'll be acquitted my name is done I'm never I'm gonna be in misery for the rest of my life yeah my natural life so let me just do right. let me do this and he had he was already on suicide watch before that well I thought they said Early he was on. never okay. Not then he wasn't at that point in time okay. but when he first went in he was on suicide watch. Okay. He had expressed suicide various occasions before the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was already suffering from severe symptoms of, of symptoms of severe CTE. Yeah. He was suicidal. He's already suicidal. Mm. So you take that. He's already suicidal. He's getting in there and he's like, I'm outed. My life is screwed. Everything's destroyed. I'm millions of dollars in debt. I'm not, I'm, you know, my fiance could take me for everything that I could possibly earn in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Because nobody's going to side with him now mm-hmm. at this point because of all of the history of the cases and all this other stuff. So he was like, 
you know, if I kill myself, like most policies, that's two or five years into your policy. If suicide is there, you still get the payout. So name cleared gets the, gets the, I'm sure multi-million dollar payout from his insurance. So everybody's taken care of mm-hmm. his name is exonerated. He doesn't have to suffer, suffer the rest of his life. You know, we learned yeah. with junior Seau what he was going through with CTE and yeah. that wasn't as bad as what Hernandez had living. Yeah. So you put all that in. Yeah. It makes, I mean, makes quote, sense. It quote unquote makes sense. In a CTE delusional mind, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Can you be that calculated when you're in a delusional state? Again, from the planning of it to the Bible verses to how he planned it, when you're delusional, can all of that still, can that coexist? Yeah, okay. absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. I, really, when it ended, I was, sad is the wrong word. I felt sad for, you know, the legal system and sad for the truth for every family, for the double right. murder family, for Odin Lloyd's family, right. for every. Everybody wants some sort of closure, right? Yeah. He knew the truth. He absolutely Ernest knew the Wallace truth. Wallace also knew the truth, and so did Ortiz. I feel like in his suicide verses and all this stuff, there would have been a hint that if he pulled the trigger, it would have come out. Yeah, like he would have apologized. or he Well, not apologized, but he would have said something. I really feel like if he did it, he would have done something. He would have said something. He would have, Do you think so, even though he was trying to, like you're saying, his he was... Uh, his name was cleared. He it was, wouldn't matter if you're dead. Still would have been cleared. Right. But if, if you're in that state and you're thinking, my name will be, my name will be cleared. Why would you say, P.S. I did do it. A lot of, but a lot of people in that, you know, when they're doing, when they're going to commit suicide, they, they always let out something that everybody needs to know. Needs to know. Yeah. So anyways, watch it if you can. I'm sure it's on demand. Oxygen, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah uncovered and on oxygen.com they have a lot of the outtakes and more information and which that's where i watched those clips i watched the jurors and it made my stomach turn yeah because i mean let's pretend anybody if if you're sitting in front of a jury and it's your life you know that they have to decide on they're like well you know i just felt like he he should have known and you're like no there's no emotion in law holy yeah it's not a feel thing that's not how it works oh man and so that was really upsetting to me yeah so Anyways, that's my opinion. I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. But thanks again for watching, listening, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, now on iHeartRadio. And I wonder what the Jets tombstone is going to look like by about week five or six. It's going to say the goddamn Jets. (laughs) Bye-bye, Jets. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I mean, you're usually right about most things. If you're not, then I am. So we'll see. See, so you know. And these a quarterback stuff. Come on, man. I'm I'm pretty much batting a thousand. I'm watching the Giants right now. I'm watching their every move is what I'm doing. Yeah. So. All right, guys. um, I'm interested to see what happens with the brackets. Everybody's is jacked up. Don't even play. Everybody just let just everybody start over. Yeah, just it was done. (laughs) I don't think there was one live bracket after the weekend, after the first week. Right, right. First round. Sorry. I would really have liked to have been that person that bet $800 on UMBC. Yeah, UMBC. Yeah. Paid out 16.8. That's nice. That's very nice. That's nice. All right, guys. We're out of here. Jason Powell, Stephanie Powell, hands to the face. Have a great week. Peace.